We are SC Podcast. Gary Pasquitz joined by Daryl Rideau. And uh, Daryl, getting ready for spring ball, starting up next week for the Trojans. It's been a long off season. We haven't really gotten together since uh, since early after that Cotton Bowl loss, unfortunately, to right. uh, digest that one. But uh, as we're sitting here right now getting ready to start spring ball, a lot has happened. What are just some of your thoughts top of mind as we're sitting here coming into spring? You know, Gary, as we as we reflect back on such a, an interesting season, uh, with going into la- last season, which we can now deem the end of the Sam Darnold era, yes. since he's made a commitment and he's, uh, we'll find out very soon where he will end up um, in the draft. I-, I thought that we learned a lot about this USC football team and the girth by which they went about their business, not making any excuses um, due to the schedule, having to go week in and week mm-hmm. out and really demonstrate um, a level of maturity. I thought that that um, this upcoming senior class and this upcoming class of veterans gained valuable experience about how to prepare week in and week out mm-hmm. and stay dialed in. And I'm hoping that we will see some of that momentum and that experience carry into the spring. Because as I look at the totality of this team, and, and we're going to address some of the coaching changes, the nucleus of the offensive coordinator and the defensive coordinator mm-hmm. for the first time at least in, in um, this junior class's uh, tenure at USC is intact. And those are building blocks. Mm-hmm. So that learning curve is no longer a, a retread or a start over as much as it is building on the fundamental um, stages of of what they were able to implement last season mm-hmm. And really trying to draw in on on where they can take both sides of the football. How much more can they evolve from what we saw last season? Right, and, and Clay Helton, that, that's certainly part of what he wants to do, that consistency of message, yeah. uh, not only in the coordinators, but when you see it with guys like the quarterback coach, Brian Ellis, yeah. uh, there was a lot of lot of pros and cons on looking at that guy. He's, he's young, not a lot of experience, but Helton will say that that continuity, he's right on our message, he knows our system, he knows what we're teaching, right. and that, that, is, that, that is, Clay Helton obviously places such a priority on what you're just talking about. And again, um, with every choice that, Clay Heldon, as the head coach, makes in the program, mm-hmm. it has a ripple and profound effect on the message that gets delivered to the players. And so, in some cases, you know, re- rewarding those who have who have demonstrated a level of commitment within mm-hmm. your coaching ranks speaks volume. But also, addition by subtraction, clearing up the confusion at the offensive coordinator position. I'm intrigued to see what type of offense of Catons and in play calling will we get out of a T Martin as he begins to identify and break in the next quarterback who will ultimately hear one voice uh, delivering a message into his ear and I think that's very important as we we explore you know potentially three quarterbacks that will have an opportunity mm-hmm. and through the course of spring ball narrow it down to maybe one or two you know <clears throat> How does T. Martin, as an offensive coordinator, now having that that profound um, confidence that this is my show now, uh, how does he treat this spring ball? Does he go back to the basics knowing that he's breaking in new quarterbacks, or does he build off of the success that we saw him calling plays mm-hmm. under Sam Darnold with the likes of two new quarterbacks coming in? Not new to the system, but at least new to the starting role. 
And I think one of the most fascinating things to watch as we get into spring and as as we get in, like you say, with T. Martin and the identity of the offense, yeah. do we start to see more of the power run first game that Clay Helton has always yeah. talked about and which we frankly just have, it, you know, Clay Helton will point to, I had a 4,000-yard passer. We had a 1,500-yard rusher. Yeah. We, we averaged 38 points a game. I'll, I'll admit, those are all solid numbers. Yeah. Um, but they can be misleading. They can be misleading. Uh, Kevin Bruce had wrote something um, in December which talked about a friend of his referring to the USC offense as empty calories. Wow. And, and, and a lot of people that has resonated with. Wow. Um, and I think you, you and I were getting ready for this podcast. And we're talking about where the USC program is and as we're getting ready for spring yeah. and for Clay Helton to take the next step as a coach. Congratulations with the Rose Bowl win two years ago. Congratulations on the Pac-12 title last year. Right. But if we are indeed trying to get to national challenge championship challenging levels, to college sure. football playoff levels, um, I think a lot of people are looking at it and saying that ability – when you are playing the Alabamas, mm -hmm. the Notre Dames, and Ohio States of the world, it's happened three times in the last right. two years where we have not been able with the run game to physically match up. And that that's not USC Trojan football. It, it, it's not, Gary. And when, when I hear empty calories, the first thing I think of is either Cool Whip, Tofu, or vegan. You know, And I've never known for meat eaters on that offensive line for USC to be ever perceived as being going vegan. Okay, I'm used to seeing meat and potatoes pounding the football with a certain style of physicality. And I agree with you. Uh, there were times where we got enamored by Sam Darnold's arm, but I'm sure to a man, he would be the first to tell you that he too benefited from the likes of having Ronald Jones II sure. in the backfield in rhythm. Because, you know, um, no, every quarterback will always tell you that their best friend is a strong running game because that allows them to control the tempo of the game. When you become one-dimensional, obviously it just leads to more uh, opportunities of probabilities of things not going so well. Mm -hmm. um, so having this offseason when there is no expectation of a Heisman Trophy winner at the quarterback position – what type of offense will we see? Will we see that true balance led by, like you said, the running game and then predicating mm -hmm. off of that to take pressure off the quarterback? Right. Or will he throw caution to the wind? And because of the experience now of the wide receiving core coming back, will we see a heavy dose of passing? I think spring will give us a key indication of what direction they're going to go, but we may still not have those answers until the season starts. We, we, we may not, but the, it's one of the interesting things with Sam Darnold leaving and Ronald Jones leaving. Sure. Um, we're really loaded everywhere else. On I offense. agree, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah. so let, let's talk about some of just what what what, what has us uh, looking forward to the offense right now. Obviously with the quarterback competition, anytime right. there's a USC open quarterback spot, right. people are going to be talking about it. Um, you have Jack Sears. Yep. You have Matt Fink. Yep. Those two will be here for spring. Uh, Fink's been here two years. Sears has been here for one. Um, with JT Daniels arriving in the fall, and JT making the statement, hey, I, I didn't graduate a year early. I didn't leave school a year early sure. to come in in red shirt or sit on the bench. JT's been told the job will be open in the fall when he shows up. Yeah. Um, and so that means there's not going to be a starter named at the end of spring. Okay. Um, to me, Daryl, that's a good situation this spring. Mm -hmm. um, you've got a new quarterback coach. You've got two new quarterbacks. Why yeah. have that pressure of we've got to have a decision in five weeks? Yeah. La la two years ago, you didn't have a decision after five weeks. Right. And there was nothing wrong with right. waiting. Um, 
I think that situation bodes well for all involved in this. Go ahead and compete in spring. I, Go I get agree after it. But that pressure of having to name a starter is not there. Yeah. Yeah, and, and if you're Daniels, okay, um, everybody always looks to the next coming, the flavor mm-hmm. of the month, mm-hmm. and, and rightfully so because, you know, it's like buying that new car or putting on that, you know, fresh pair of shoes for the first time. Um, there's a there's that new car smell to somebody fresh being on campus, but when it comes to the quarterback position, I tend to defer to guys who's been in the system with a certain amount of experience early on, mm-hmm. and only because, Gary – there are details within within an offense that a guy like Daniels who's just emerging onto campus, unless USC's offense mirrors right. the terminology right. that he had in modern day, I beg to differ. I think that, you know, he knows that it's going to be an up uphill climb. No doubt. From a physicality standpoint, I think he's as sharp and as polished as anybody coming in and has every right to compete. But I expect guys like Sears and Matt Fink to have the early nod and they should walk in with some type of bravado because of no, that experience. On no campus. doubt about it. But I, it, it's funny. And I, I think about the experience that you're talking about. That's obviously one of the things that's talking right. about. Um, JT Daniels started 40 games in the Trinity League. Yeah. Um, that's Matt Fink was in the baseline league for one and a half years as a starter. You know, yeah. Jack Sears had a year and a half as a starter. At uh, there's no substitute for playing, right? There's no, and, and it's 40, 40 games in the Trinity League. You're, you're not a little wallflower walking right, in here, right? You, you, right. And, and a national championship to your right. credit, uh, by the way. And, and like you say, um, mentally, the modern day coaches will say this guy is as good as we've had. And they wow. had Matt Barkley six or seven years ago. Right. Um, and and I thought he was that. as polished as they come. The, the, there you go. For them to give it to, uh, to give that kind of praise to JT. But you know what's interesting, Daryl, is more and more you hear from people in the program, don't rule out Matt Fink. That's what I'm saying. You know, I think the dude is a baller. I, I really do. I, I thought that there were some times when at least I got, we got a chance to watch him, you know, in mop-up duty, um, you know, as a pinch hitter coming mm-hmm. in. He he had every bit of confidence, but the question that I have is how quickly will he take ownership and command mm-hmm. these um, non-organized activities right. during the offseason, right. taking that ownership that we saw it's Sam important. Darnold take. You know, th- that's where you begin to learn the, the tendencies and the behavior of the guys around you. Mm-hmm. I, I used to always tell Gary when I was on campus and, you know, from 99 to 2000 and, 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 and to 2003, my last season, USC's first Orange Bowl game against Iowa, I used to tell the rookies, the quicker you dive into the playbook and you understand and learn the terminology, the faster you can begin to work on your game. Because the biggest thing that I experienced as a freshman walking on campus wasn't the physical ability because I had success at Long Beach Poly, had success. And played a lot. You know, and played a lot. You, you were know, an experienced I, player. I had over 54 <laughs> games coming in because I played as a freshman mm-hmm. on the varsity level. Mm-hmm. And we went deep into the playoffs. Yes. So it was never that was never the issue. The challenge that, that I, I see with somebody like JT Daniels or any of the freshmen coming in is how quickly can you pick up the terminology that's different than the terminology that you had learned. Mm-hmm. And oftentimes you may have a word that is very similar to what you might have called, but but what it tells your offense to do or your defense to do is completely different. So the quicker they can understand and process the terminology, the faster that they can begin to work on their game and starting to see how the opponent is reacting to certain formations that you're in. A guy like Daniels has a body of work where he should come in confident in his skill set, but 
will he be as confident in making those necessary adjustments or checks mm -hmm. in the huddle? That's that's the intriguing part that spring ball gives us the chance to see. Right. So you, you'll, you'll have Daniels, you'll have Fink. And, and what I love right. about Fink is that I really think he's grown since he came to SC. Mm -hmm. he, he was a very raw football player, great, right. great athlete. Um but, but there's been some growth in his time, and, and I want to see where he matches up now. I love the statement he made, and I, I think I, I shared this with you. Um, he talked about his confidence in high school. Mm. He goes, because I was, I was playing, I was having a blast, I was playing with all my best friends. When I got to SC as a freshman, I didn't know these guys. Didn't know these guys. And so right? I was just, it, 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 it wasn't flowing yet. Right. He goes, now... These are my best friends, right. and I'm having a blast again. Yeah, it's like it, okay, that, that, that's an interesting comment because you you rarely get a chance to get that type of a candid uh, reaction from a player, you know, um, like things. And I, I agree with you, Gary. That's why we talk about the things that occur during now. Mm -hmm. This is where they built their memories. Right, you right. know, they're joking. Um, things that occur that we don't get to see when the spotlight is not on are those memories that they joke about in the locker room. Right. And that camaraderie is something that you, you can't manufacture. I'm guessing the locker room sessions in the off season, you don't have the pressures again. The locker room sessions last a little longer. Last, well, yeah. you're, you're BSing in there. Right. Just, just having a little fun. Yeah. You know, you got guys playing cards, dominoes, sure. and just, sure. just enjoy hanging out with one another. Right. And, and, and that's the type of chemistry that you're going to need when things aren't going so well during the season. So, yeah, I, I am interested. But like you said, Gary, these guys are loaded in other positions. And, and one thing that as we were prepping for this um, podcast, one thing that I was intrigued about was there are aspects of this offense that we have yet to really see unfold the mm -hmm. way that we thought it was going to last season. Mm -hmm. For example, at the tight end position, I think they're loaded now and there, there's a greater deal of confidence now that they can go at least three or four deep at the position with the healthier Daniel Imatorbebe kind of leading that group. How much of that should we expect to see early on in spring ball as this offense tries to round out a balance? It, it, it isn't who you just mentioned, isn't he the key? I think so. I think um, he's still he is the gronk of you know USC's offense. We, we we saw the impact toward the end of the season. You mentioned several times the spacing issues. Yeah. He wasn't even fully healthy yet, and the defense had to respect him that you much. You really do, you know, because w w when you look at replacing somebody like Deontay Burnett, where are you going to get that type of production? Well, look mm -hmm. no further than stretching out, you know, uh, Imatator Bebe. I, I think that. His presence on the field commands so much attention that it does help the running game. It does help the backside of those routes. Oh, and, and get having, a, I think he's our best blocking tight end. I agree so, with so you, So yeah. getting, getting that back. So, yeah, I you, you should be pretty set. A healthy Daniel Limitor, baby. Yeah. I think we're all excited to see where Josh Follow is. Right. Um, right. Because I think what, what you was, chose what was to his, go to him when to, to finish off the season to finish off the season <laughs> that it, shows you what you thought of him right um, and I, I'll always say your 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 biggest physical growth and is your growth is that first off season it, in the college it, it really program. is yeah yeah because you you now have access to an off season regimen that mm -hmm. you don't have during the season during the season you're just kind of maintaining you right know, during the off season you're really trying to bulk up. Okay, and then you know what Tyler Petit can do, right. a 260-pound senior. Yeah. You, you, you give us 15, 20 catches on the season, Tyler, right. I'm fine. But, I don't but, but I think they may increase that production They may. You know, it, it, now that we've what, what, seen what he can do. Now that you've seen what he can do, but you, 
would it surprise you for Daniel Murphy maybe to get 35 or 40? No, no, it wouldn't. Let's put that yeah. to jo- Josh Follow, 25 right. or 30? Right. How many times we throw into the tight end? Right, right, <laughs> That's right. That's a lot right. of, yeah. <laughs> But yeah, but it's nice that. to know they're there. And then if Eric Cromanhoek is your number four guy, right. um, he's Not a big burly kid. So yeah. that that I agree with you. Let's let's go out to that receiver spot. Um, yeah. Losing Deontay was a shock to me. It was to me also. But but if you really think about it, it will his stock ever have been higher breaking in a, a new relationship at the quarterback position? And that's huge. Yeah. Um, he's not going to go from 170 to 195 in the right. next year. No, he's that's not, not going to change. Yeah. Um, I was listening to Daniel Jeremiah on the Trojans Live, the NFL Network guy, mm-hmm. and he's like, he's one of the best. You know, it's his route running yep. that's going that's going to get him yeah. in this league. And give say so at the combine this week. Start, you know, he goes and he brought up the point that Pete always brought up as a junior coming out. Yeah, they haven't been studying you all year. All year, yep. So you're going to show up at the combine of this stuff, and you're going to be a mystery. Yeah, yeah. Um, and J- Jeremiah mentioned that. How how big is he? How they? I, I don't really know. Yeah, yeah. You know, but uh, when I was in Indianapolis for the time that I was there, uh, Burnett reminded me a lot of Brandon Stokely. Okay. Just his instincts about finding pockets and holes. Sure, it wasn't sure. necessarily the route that was um, written up or drawn in the playbook, but it was it was it was his connection, his savviness of seeing exactly as a quarterback sees. <laughs> Is the Rose Bowl catch any better? <laughs> right, you know. So I, I think that he's one who who won't not stand out in, in terms of measurements with other wide receivers. Right, but boy, you get him in camp. And all of a sudden, he's like Pac-Man. He just start compiling yardage and you know, and extending drives. In practice, he's going to be somebody that's going to be hard to keep off the field. Well, we, we found that out. Yeah, he showed up here in a blue shirt. Nobody <laughs> planned for him to do what he did. Right. Um, so I, I I agree with you. It's a, so let's look at who is out there. Okay. Obviously, on the outside, you've got Pittman and Bonds. Those yep. guys are set. Uh, you do not have a starting slot receiver right now. Right. Um, with Deontay gone. A couple guys we'll have in the mix. You got, you're going to have a Trayvon Sidney. Uh, you're going to have a Vellis Jones. You're going to have a Pie Young. Uh, in the fall, you're going to have Amon Ross St. Brown. So let's yeah. not forget that. Oh, my goodness. But, 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 <laughs> <laughs> I was just watching one of his YouTube workouts, and I was like, I was floored. You know, I would have loved to have competed and played with a guy like that. Wow. You know, yeah. he just, yeah. he's exceptional, Gary. Boy, he. Not that I wasn't sold on him. You're, of course, sold on him. But every time I watched him in his senior year, Daryl, he yeah. just delivered. Yeah. Delivered, delivered. Delivered. Yeah. He's so polished. What, what gets me, Daryl, he's so strong. His hands are just incredible. And then I was seeing the workouts that he was doing, yeah. you know, the polish. When your dad's a two-time Mr. Universe. They don't hurt. Do you not know how to work out? <laughs> <laughs> right, right, right. But, you know, some guys. They, there I is mean, a YouTube video out there of him, eight, nine years old, bench pressing. Oh, my goodness. With, yeah. with dad out there just <laughs> yeah, Right, right, right. I mean, like I said, it's going to be exciting to see what he can do. No doubt. You know, because from a route running standpoint, not since a Rod Perry Jr. for me, have I seen somebody who can come in and out of routes the way that 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 he does? I love the Rod Perry comparison. And, um, and, I was going know, Steve Smith from the Panthers, Smith, not our yeah. Steve Smith, but, but I like the Rod Perry too. Yeah, um, because a lot of people forget that when Rod Perry was coming out of high school, he was as good as they were. You know, um, yes, coming in was. and out of his route. Yes, he was. And if it wasn't for a knee injury, who knows how good he could have been? But but I tell you, coming out of that program, out of modern day, uh-huh. um. Uh, you know he's the creme de la creme. No doubt about it. So, so in the spring you've got those guys like Sydney and yep. Jones and yep. these guys. Hey guys, yeah, yeah. Amon Ra is going to be here in the fall, so th- those guys are positioning right, right now. Right, right. Um, I'm going to go Trayvon Sydney right now as as my pick to emerge. Okay. Yep. For, from that group there. But the guy on the outside, Daryl, that I really want to watch for is Randall Grimes. 
Um, you think so? Yeah. This kid, boy, is he yeah. grown into a physical yeah. specimen. Now, now, he's the kid out of Gorman, right? He, uh, uh, Desert Pines. Desert up there. Pines, yeah. I'm sorry. Um, so ben, he's the one they burned his red shirt year midway right. through. Didn't quite make sense, but you know what? Okay, you did it. Uh, I, I, I just think he's the one, if you're looking for that group of Grimes, yeah. Joseph Lewis, uh, uh, the other, Josh Imator Bebe. Yeah. Um, I see Grimes coming out of that. We don't know what's going to happen with uh, Lewis with his arrest. With I mean, Lewis, yeah. For the felony charges, I guess, are not going to be filed. Yeah. So, But I, I I look forward to Randall Grimes. What do you see out there at that at that position? Wow. Um, you, you know, I, I see I see a lot of number twos, and, and that's not a bad thing, okay? Because w- when you think of a number two, um, in an offense, a number two is not the perception that you think of. It's really, it's the split in. It's the X receiver. It's the... Believe, believe it or not, and uh, if you go back to to the years of Mike Williams and um, Kerry Colbert, or or even um, Steve Smith, Steve Smith is a Z receiver off the ball. Right. That's really your number one receiver, okay. by the way. And the reason why is because those receivers are going to see more balls than the split in receiver, the X receiver who's out there isolated. So for me, um, what's interesting is when. A number two receiver takes on the mentality of a number one and demands that type of attention. That's when they start to show maturation. Mm-hmm. A lot of times, uh, a split in receiver will only want to learn his position, but rotating them in and out, and that's why I think that um, with Sydney, it's intriguing because I thought at times he filled in in multiple roles, so he has a good understanding of of where he he's going to be able to fit in into an mm-hmm. offense. That's why I would probably give him the, the edge is because he was asked to fill in different roles at different times and he wasn't like identified as just uh, mm-hmm. a split in receiver or a Z receiver. So for, for me, um, I'm intrigued to see who's willing to kind of step up and take ownership of that group. And the first notice for me is always who's leading the drills. Because that's the alpha. That's mm-hmm. the guy who's going to mm-hmm. try to start to you know assert himself mm-hmm. as that number one. Um, but that's another intriguing matchup because it may be by committee until we get to a point where we can really see them battle tested. Right. And the good news is there's a lot of them. Right. And there's a couple more coming in. Um, but you know between Amon Ra and Devin Williams, a six foot five free. I like him too. Yeah. 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 So. Um, I think his best football's ahead of him too. Right, um, as his as he grows into his frame. Yeah, right? yeah. Uh, okay, uh, the last position that we're going to talk about on offense is tailback. Um, unfortunately, we are not going to see yeah. Mr. Carr in spring due to a herniated disc. Yeah. Uh, but with that being said, the Vimalapii, Akasedric wear, wear, yeah. Go 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 do it. Yeah, yeah. And you know, and if you're where where kind of his situation reminds me a lot of going into my senior year where there was a lot of injuries for me at the corner position. Kevin Arbett got injured. And so I was uh, I was asked to stay on the field more and do more. And that helped, those extra reps. Mm-hmm. Ware has been in the program for a long time, but doesn't have a lot of tread right. on those legs. Right. So he's going to benefit from these extra reps. And I think that that's going to benefit this offense who's looking for a complimentary piece well, I know there's few coming in. Trust me. There's but a both few of those guys, in. I think, are ter- terrific complimentary yes. pieces. And the thing that sticks out to me most about where was there was the end of a game where he was leading down. You know, he had this great series of runs, right. and he right. got close into the red zone, and you saw this, this, this jolt of frustration when they pulled him out. 
I like to see that type of Heck excitement. Yes. You know what I mean? And I can't wait to see what he's going to do with these extra reps uh, during the season uh, or during during spring ball. No, I, I agree with that. I think it's a great opportunity. And, and Vavai, too. That Oh, man. We both talked about it many yeah. times during the season. Yeah. This guy's different. He's a physical beast. There's this song by uh, Imagine Dragons, Thunder. Feel the thunder oh, yeah. when he You're, hits you. Yes. No doubt. And, and let's not forget, both of these guys, they're going to they are the first two that are going to get a chance to make a first impression yep. on the new running back coach. On the new running back that coach. Is. So yeah. Yeah. That, that's always uh, always an important thing. Let's uh, slip it over to defense. And uh, where are your thoughts on where the defense is at right now with who's coming back and where they're – what you think we're going to be seeing? You know, uh, sometimes the the season can throw you nuggets um, that spring ball cannot, because during spring ball, oftentimes things are still scripted and coaches can kind of manipulate lineups, but you never, tr- but players still understand who the true starters are, and very few times will you see someone kind of emerge from the uh, from from a backup and and really take take uh, take the opportunity by the horns and try to steal a, a starting job but what we saw at the um on the defensive line in particular at the defensive end positions the rush ends coming off mm-hmm. with all those injuries and watching different type of guys linebackers coming from you know inside linebacker moving in and filling in right gave me a new profound respect of what this defense can become as more and more guys are you know, challenge with different roles. Mm-hmm. So I'm intrigued to see, you know, what is um, Clancy Pendergast going to do with this group, and how much will this offense, I mean, this defense evolve? Because he, I thought at times uh, he can get a little kind of tight with his rotations, mm-hmm. but I think that there's enough depth here now where you can open things up right. and show right. us, you know, versatility. And didn't you see from enough guys last year, Clancy, who when they got their opportunity, Rector being moved outside, right. you know, Eosefa, Isaiah Eosefa, Langley, yep. you know. Right. And um, and, and so that's what I, I, I'm intrigued by, mm-hmm. you know. Which, which of those guys are going to kind of step in and fill in for guys like Nchino Uusu, who, who's now moved on? Uh, Where's I'm, that production going to come from? I'm about to give you two, two, two positions in particular. Yep. That outside linebacker spot with Uchenna. Yep. Um, and then the defensive tackle spot vacated by Rasheem Green. Right, right. And there were times where I thought Green was a man. Agre- agreed. Know? And um, But with so much depth and talent that came in last season, I thought that we saw glimpses of them at times when they mm-hmm. had to fill in. But how much will we be leaning more heavily upon them to really kind of step up and evolve and, and, and plug the, the interior part of that defensive line? Let, let, let's go a couple names here. So yep. at the defensive tackle spot. And I want to say something really quick, Daryl, before we continue on this. We neglected to mention at tight end their new coach. Yeah, we did. Um, is it Kerry Colbert? Yes, and and rightfully so. This is a guy well deserved. Yeah, it uh, really paid his dues and yeah. put his time in. One of my f- uh, former teammates, or will always be a teammate, a guy that I love and revere, and I'm I'm glad that he waited, and I'm also glad that Clay rewarded him. Yeah. by you know bringing him on full time on the staff, and and if you thought you saw something with um our, our defensive uh line coach um, Kenechi Udezi, wait till you see what Kerry Colbert is able to bring out of guys right. because they're cut from the same cloth. No doubt about it. And, uh, and also bringing Lenny back as a quality yes. control coach. So awesome. your, 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 your team is well represented right now, Daryl. Um, so let's get back to that defensive tackle. I, I think there's three names you're looking at. Uh, do you move Christian Rector back? Um, 
There was a true freshman last year, Jay Tufele, right? Who I think is they they resisted yeah. burning his redshirt year. I think yeah. he can get in the mix pretty darn quick. And then you got a JC guy and Caleb Tremblay, who mm-hmm. I am very anxious to see if that's where they're going to put him. This is a big kid. He has a great motor. Reminds me a couple of years ago when we had Morgan Breslin come in. Yes, yes. And uh, okay. if you can provide anything close yeah. to that, Caleb. Okay. But I see those three guys in there. So okay. So so when what is the name of that? What is the Rector's position when, when he got moved in? Uh, well, he was originally the the, the the defensive end spot, and then yeah. they moved him to outside linebacker. The outside linebacker. Yeah. Right. But um, when you're breaking in new talent, mm-hmm. oftentimes you want to put them into specialty roles where you can isolate their talents so that they don't have to think so much and they can primarily rely on their technique. Mm-hmm. And if they're a speed rusher, be that specialist. When you move them inside, there are more responsibilities early on. There's adjustments that have to be made, especially when you start seeing motion in the backfield. So keeping them out on the edge. And what we saw with Iacefa and, uh, and Rector, when, when, they, when they filled in for uh, Gustin Porter, uh-huh. you know, we saw them be able to produce in ways that we were not that we expecting them. Before. Exactly. No. So if you are rotating or bringing in, you know, um, a, a new face who's transferring in from the JUCO role, the best way to put him in is to give him an opportunity to be successful early, see how he gravitates and picks up the defense, and then move him back into the interior. Mm-hmm. So I would not be surprised if we continue to see that position become um, – a rotational position okay. as the year progresses because depending on who you're going up against in the matchups, you now have versatility mm-hmm. when you're talking about that that rush-in position. And we don't know where Porter Gustin is health-wise. Just because he's saying, hey, I'm right. healthy, I'm ready to go, Right. I'm going to err in caution on this on this young man. It's I, You're a senior, Porter. I don't yep. need to see what you can do in March. No, no sure don't. If you want to shut it down and we'll see you in August, but he says he wants to go in spring, so you do have options with Rector right. there. Let's look at that other outside linebacker spot uh, vacated by Nuwusu. Mm-hmm. Personally, I'm flipping this Eosefa over there and giving him for a I shot at so that. I think so, too. I, I really do because he's proven to me at the very least that with limited reps, he can come in and he's someone you can rely upon, mm-hmm. but he's also going to give you a certain level of physicality. He may not give you that much uh, as much athleticism as Enchino did, but in it, to his own right, he covered in space yes, and he, he did, did a remarkable and exceptional job. But then you have the likes of what you know the other matchups with like Levi Jones and uh, Houston. Th- th- that's what I think about. I here's my here's my interesting one, because at, at that outside like you you've got you don't really have, you got Olawole who just it hasn't come together yet. Mm-hmm. Maybe it does sometime soon. You got Falanico. You've got a early entry freshman Kanai Mauga. I if, if things aren't working out, I would be tempted to even give Levi a look at that outside linebacker yeah. spot. But I'm also going to give him a look at inside linebacker. So we'll go to that next. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, John Houston. Yep. Levi Jones. Taylor Katoa. Katoa, yeah. Um, and you've got a boatload of linebackers coming in in the fall right. that you got to be aware of. Right, right. No, you got some studs coming in. Yes, Those you do. boys are, you know, ain't nothing, nothing to be reckoned with. But again, w- when you talk about someone in the middle, doesn't always have to be the most dominant, most physical, but there's a reason why you you, you reserve the, the number 55, okay? But Houston is as smart as they come. And when you talk about him and Levi, um, I would like to see more consistency out of Houston. Right. I thought that there were times where he really stepped up and, you know, and he kept SC in the games and in, in some cases, you know, uh, made plays when I wasn't expecting that to come out of him. However... When it talks about commanding the attention of the defense when things are starting not to go well, that's where I'd like to see the growth from him. So a little competition will never hurt him, 
but but I think with so much versatility, I don't know if you want to tweak with every position as much as try to identify and sure up weaknesses before you start tinkering with the interior part of your defense. Mm -hmm. Because you start messing with that, Gary, you're now impacting the way that the communication is delivered to the defensive line and trickled back to the secondary. And and, and let's be clear on that. We we haven't mentioned – the nose tackle right. because we've got yeah, we two got, two yeah. guys coming back to a play. We didn't mention Cameron Smith. No need nope, to. Nope, that that's yeah. our leader. We all know that. Yep. Happy to have you back, Cam. Right. Yes. And then Marvell Tell at your safety behind you. Yeah. I, strong up the middle. We are strong up the right. middle right now. Right. Yeah. Uh, but, and, but but you talk about. I, and again, I go back to the chemistry and the dynamics between Cam and Houston uh-huh. as the as the season wore on, and they had more reps together alongside one another. You, liked you saw it. that the harmony, you saw the way that they move fluidly, and where Cam doesn't have to look over and make sure that he's mm-hmm. in the right lineup position. And it's funny because you you were always you were one of the first ones to be pointing that out about Houston. Um, a lot of he was getting a lot of criticism for you know getting pushed around a little early part in the season. But you were always wondering, hey, this guy is doing a lot of things that yeah, you know, yeah, that, that people that is, are intelligent and may not be seen. Kevin Bruce came along with you by you know yeah. in his last thing, his last article of the season, he goes, hey, John Houston from the middle part of the season on, right, you know, really playing some football, right. Um, so I think that that is going to be interesting to see. How do you maybe mix some of those other guys in there, or is John your starter? Right. Uh, but, but but now, you know, we talk about the secondary. When you talk about the secondary, mm-hmm. there's virtually five positions, you know, that have to be filled every year. go corners year. first? Yeah, so we can go corners first. But the question that I have is, where is Jonathan Lockett in his rehab and we development? Yeah, we, we won't know till Tuesday when okay. we, we see them come on the field. But he he's a key one. Um to, to, to me, Greg Johnson. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. He's he, For me, he's still a great mystery. Um, just because... I, I think so highly of his skill set, mm-hmm. you know, but we haven't seen it transition onto the field right, yet, right. you know. So, but, but he's healthy now, yeah, uh, which is good. The shoulder is fine. So, yeah. getting him out there. But I, I want to ask about, the, let's go to the starters first. Okay. Um, we got two seniors and a junior who have all played a lot. I don't think at the college game in the, in the three corner spots that you could, you could realistically ask for three corners with more experience. Than, right. than the group that we yeah, have let, coming let, back. Let's talk about them. Let's name them. Um, okay, you got Biggie Marshall yeah, on the Biggie outside. Marshall, yeah. You got a Jane A. Harris in the slot. Right. And you got Jackie Jones outside. Yes. Um, that, yeah. That's a lot of playing time for those three guys. Yes, it's a lot of playing time, but I don't think that, that you can always reward seniority. Mm-hmm. You know, we expect more consistency out of them. Because and that's that's what I'm saying. Your experience does consistency yes. follow experience. Does con- you're saying not and, not and, and not not always well, not because always. sometimes um, if you fail to correct fundamental mistakes, those fundamental mistakes fundamental mistakes become a part of your DNA. When you're out in certain situations, you default to your bad habits, as well as some people are able to switch them over and convert them into good situations. Now, the, the, the one with the, of the three that still has the highest upside potential is Jack Jones because he started to come into his own, mm-hmm. but a lot of that was on just raw ability. You know, if you, if you increase his um, commitment to the corner position and fundamentals, you can see the... Uh, you know, as a dynamic of a corner as there is in, in all of the NC2A. Um, the one that I will always hold higher expectations for is Biggie Marshall. His size, I still think that he is a safety playing corner and that he's best suited for uh, a Tampa 2, cover 2 style of, of defense. Right. But um, with his skill set 
And when he is on, he can cover anybody. But when he's off, there's a there's a, a vulnerability to his game mm-hmm. that he's mm-hmm. going to have to figure out. And the only way he's going to figure that out is if he's challenged and tested in practice. Otherwise, he'll have a false sense of security. Okay. But there's guys behind him, Gary, that we were just talking about. And- and that's what I think that that to me is what I want to find out. Spring. Yeah. There's a lot of guys behind you, yep. but can you tell me who the clear number yeah. two or three guys off the bench, first two or three guys off the bench are? Yeah. Uh, Langley. Yeah. I, you know, and, and, and if Lockett's healthy, you throw him in there too. Well, I we'll think. see, but, but Lockett backs up a uh, Jane Harrison. It's not in Lockett's DNA. Well, I shouldn't say that because you know, he's a very smart corner, but I don't know if he has that fortitude coming off of an injury to challenge somebody for a starter or is willing to accept his role as a mm-hmm. nickel or dime, you know, rotational guy. And you need those kind of guys. But but you talked about um, the Hawkins kid, right? Uh, is it Jones? Greg, Greg, Greg Johnson. Greg, Greg Johnson, I'm sorry. He should be a starter. He has built his frame, his skill set. He, he's designed to be a starter, mm-hmm. but who is he going to push out? Because Clancy is one who trusts. No doubt about it. You know, but he he will also reward hard work and effort. And he also, he, he complimented Greg Johnson twice earlier in the season before Greg Johnson yeah. got hurt, and it was noticeable. Yeah. Whoa, Clancy doesn't yeah. <laughs> toss out a compliment to right. a freshman. Something caught Clancy's eye. So if you were asking me, if I were looking at who I would like to see as my starters uh, right now, I would. I can honestly say that I would start Isaiah Langley over Jack Jones. Okay, um, but I would give Jack as much reps as as Isaiah. I just trust him more. I trust Isaiah's game. I trust his um, his football IQ at this time, mm-hmm. maturity wise, more so than I do Jack Jones. But I also think that Johnson can push out Biggie Marshall if. He's healthy, and and you know, uh, and I think it's a close matchup that Biggie would win, but I think that Biggie needs that type of a push mm-hmm. in, in order to really keep him razor edge. Doesn't seem like he's been getting that from Jamel Cook so so no, far. No, no, because again, you know, um, he's the alpha in that room. He has tenure, and sometimes some guys subordinate themselves to that type of competition. Okay, and. That's not the way that Biggie came up. He came up hungry, competing, but at the same token, uh, he needs to be challenged consistently in order to keep him um, polished and mm-hmm. on top of his game. And, and Cook is another guy that we yeah. just mentioned. We, 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 yeah, there's speculation that you know right. we're going to need to get some roster spots back. Yeah. And Clay Helton wouldn't say how they're getting him. There's there's four yeah. four bodies they signed over the number that we have. There's always been speculation. Yeah, Jamel may not be. Yeah, here. We, I, I, we don't I don't know, know. if. You know, that's interesting because I thought he had upside potential, but uh, is he mature enough to handle being in this room of adults? Right. And that's what you have in this room, you know, right. which now leads us to the, really the glaring spot of of, uh, of competition. It's who's who's going to replace Hawkins. What an important spot to fill. Uh, it's nice that you have Tell right there. Right. I want to mention, yeah, nice that you have Tell right there. I'm going to go personally Bubba Bolden. Yeah. Um, I just think he makes so many plays and makes so many impacts. I don't see how he's going to be kept out of the mm-hmm. lineup. That's yeah. my personal thought right sure. now. Uh, but then you got Pollard too, you, right? You, you got C.J. Pollard, yeah. who I, I think he's another Hawkins in terms of football intelligence. Yeah. Marvin Pollard, his father, you know, was one yeah. of the smarter football players out there. Um, you've got Isaiah Polamal. Um, you've got the number one rated athlete from high school enrolled early in Talanoa Hufanga. Right. Those are a lot of good guys ahead of him, but they're only a year ahead of him. Right. Um, that's a very good group, Daryl. But, but of this group, I think Bubba Bolton, 
while you would love to see him fill in for, I mean, you know, perform that Hawkins role, uh-huh. I'm not certain that we may not see him in a similar role that we might have saw Sua Craven. Okay. Because his versatility, his mm-hmm. ability to cover in space, and mm-hmm. his intellect gives you a bigger body sure. when, when you need to spell a guy like a Janie Harris. You know, and then maybe you, you can rotate a Janie out to a corner position if any one of those other two corner positions are struggling to get a bigger body on the field. But I think that there's enough versatility in that secondary and a, a, enough of a chemistry amongst them where we may see a rotation situation where where we get a committee mm-hmm. depending on situations early on until a few other guys, you know, start to really kind of validate right. their existence on right. the field as a, as a three down players. Okay, I, w- I want to go back to corner really quick. We didn't talk about – we talked about all these reserves that are there, but people haven't risen up yet. Yeah. You, you got two pretty good ones coming in the fall, the number yeah. three and four ranked guys in the country. Yeah, yeah. You, you know what it's like to step in as a true freshman. Yeah. That's tough. But I'll tell you, uh, as much as I've watched Elijah Griffin, mm-hmm. there would be nothing that would be too big about it for him. Yeah. Um, so I think that's what you're, you're but, adding. But, but that's what of- I'm saying, and this is where the seniors – you're sleeping. they're sleeping on the fact that – these guys are coming in to replace you and they're coming in more consistent um at least a demonstration um that 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 this game is not too big for them they're more accustomed to playing these spread offenses so i expect that that the competition will open itself up and clancy will always defer to the veterans uh-huh. but i would not be surprised if we see situations where you know um it's it's a starter by quarter as opposed to an every down starter Be- because you talked about, you know, um, Griffin coming in. I watched him play at the highest level and this kid has a lot of moxie and he's going to come in and he's going to compete for time, mm-hmm. but can he play in space? Because if he can play in space, then there's a role for him to play. Uh, the, 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 the thing about it, Gary is, that's the beauty of going to SC in the way that this coaching staff is recruited. They recruit complementary players. Mm-hmm. So each of them possess a unique skill set that they're going to need when you're going up against these higher caliber receivers that we're going to see. Guys down the street at UCLA brought in some studs. And so you're going to need a rotation of corners, as we've seen throughout the year, to be able to fill in. So I'm curious to find out who's really going to kind of step up and take ownership of of the competition. And we're going to see that first in one-on-one drills. And, and, and that's going to be one, one of the funnest parts of spring. And what it kind of reminds me of is, you know, when Pete came and yeah. when, when you were there, it was pretty much an established thing. The the, the seniors rose up. A, a, a freshman rarely took a senior's job. A freshman right. rarely, that rarely happened. Pete kind of turned that upside down. You know, I don't care what you are. Right. I'm going to throw the best players out there. Like you say, it kind of feels like, you know, yeah. We're seeing a little bit more of that right now coming up this spring. And and I've been in that situation where Pete brought guys in to replace me, Mm -hmm. you know, and it challenged me and it brought the best out of me because it forced me to become a leader um, and and really challenge myself to play bigger than I thought I could play. I had, you know, during my tenure, I had multiple uh, position coaches, and that's what I was seeing going back. The consistency of having Clancy as their defensive Mm -hmm, coordinator, mm -hmm. that same message and an understanding of what the defense is expecting of you should allow for guys like Langley and, um, and Johnson to come in now and just compete. 
and, and really try to push the guy in front of them for a starting position. Mm-hmm. I don't know if we'll see flips like that in the spring ball, but what it may bring is the necessary depth that they're going to need if they're going to make another championship run. And then let's uh, let, let, let's end this just talking about uh, you know what, what this spring is meaning for Clay Helton as he transitions to trying to make the, take that next level. Um, Petros always has a saying, you know, no, no boys and few men right are are, are ready for a, a moment like this to be a head coach of a program like that. And so this is really a time, Clay Helton. You've done some yeah. good stuff, but moving that forward, he's got he's got his contract extension in his pocket now. And doesn't that say that that speaks a lot? It shows confidence in him. It shows confidence in the direction that the program wants. Mm-hmm. Um, that it knows that it has its leader at this position. So you don't have to look over your back, Clay. That's first and foremost. And, and, and I think you just hear it resoundingly from Lynn, from everyone else. You know, Clay, we support so much of what you do and who yeah. you are. Yeah. Uh, but, but, but yes, this is USC. And congratulations on everything so far, but it's time to take the next yeah. step. And that's what I want to see from him. He handled the right. signing day beautifully again. He managed the early signing period. He has that down pat. Uh, but now on the football team, now. Okay. Next so, step. So for me, as I observe and I watch the maturation of Clay Helton, uh, I can say that I'm very proud of the, the leadership and the direction that the program is going. Mm-hmm. Okay, and for some of the wins that have accumulated in the past, he's developed a lot of equity. But that equity was manufactured by the play of Sam Darnold. So, Clay, you've demonstrated that this is your program. Mm-hmm. Now, this is going to be the real true tell. How quickly will you make effective decisions that will impact your program? You may not have to make a critical decision at the quarterback position, which will give you enough time to evaluate. But don't overanalyze this thing. As we used to play dominoes in the the locker room, study long, study wrong. When you know, you go, especially at the quarterback position, because your team will tell you. They will give you a sense of who they're ready to rally behind. So don't be afraid to make um, the hard choices and decisions. Mm -hmm. And you've started to make those by subtracting subtracting um, your coaching staff and reducing the voices that are coming out of the press box. That was a great move. Now let's see if you can build upon that. Take this program to the next level. And the only way that you can do that, uh, Clay, in my opinion, is to assert and infuse key decisions that are going to profoundly impact the direction of your program. Because from this point on, you're not only going to be measured by what you do at SC, But those of us who are watching the game are also observing what Chip Kelly will be doing down the road. So now the room has gotten larger and the microscope has gotten more refined. So don't worry about the noise as you've done a great job of, Gary. I just want to see you elevate the program and take it and demonstrate that you have a certain amount of leadership and and conviction about the choices that you're going to make moving forward. And that finds out uh, starts on Tuesday, March sixth, coming up. Uh, Fifteen spring ball sessions going through mid-April, followed by a. It will not be a spring game since yeah. it can't be at the Coliseum. It'll be on campus, but uh, it's the Trojans on the field fifteen times over the next month and a half. Right. It's what we get until August, so right, we're going right. to go enjoy it. Now I know we're about to wrap this up, but Gary, but what are your thoughts? What are what would you like to see from this coaching staff, or what will you be observing most as you look upon spring practice? I, I'm going to be focused so much on the offense. I I, I want to see this identity. Um, that that's what I'm hoping to see. Uh, I want to see this offensive line. It's the same thing as last spring. Hoping the offensive line comes yeah. together. The offensive line came together well, right. um, but 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 there were issues. 
mm-hmm. uh, Washington State, obviously, when you're losing three guys. Um, I want us to get that mindset back. Well, one former offensive lineman said, talking about the offensive line, he goes, yeah, but how much can you do? Is this offensive scheme conducive yeah. to power run to, to power run blocking? And I don't know that it is. And it's what Clay keeps on saying he wants to do. I want to see if we start to evolve in that way a little bit. If we just start right. to incorporate a little more, we got a fullback on the roster still. You know, with yeah. Ruben Peters. Do you know? Are we under center a little bit more? Do we tweak some of these stuff? Sure. That's what I'm looking. Obviously, yeah. you, you brought up a great point. When you had Sam, you let Sam do his thing. Right. Um. But like you say, it's a whole new direction now. It's yeah. a fresh start with everything. So that's it, what my it, eye it, is going to be on. I, I think on the offensive side for me, I also want to see how does T. Martin interact with new quarterbacks? Mm-hmm. Does he have more of a voice? Right. Can he lend some of his experience as a as a starting quarterback replacing a great one? When he replaced that Tennessee, you replaced the <laughs> likes of a Peyton Manning. Take advantage of that experience. Take advantage of that experience and be able to infuse some of that transitional confidence into these new quarterbacks who are now vying for that starting role. Right. So can that voice really resonate well, and how much has he been empowered to do so? That's what I'll be looking for. And let's also be clear, I, I can't wait to watch these two quarterbacks go at it. Oh, I know it. Uh, I yeah. think that's going to be one of the funnest parts of spring for guys yeah. like us. Right, no no doubt. And and I think that this offense evolves, uh, it's going to continue to evolve around the type of quarterbacks that sure. they're bringing in. Sure. So will we see the growth of this offense and take it to another level? And will we now be able to see the athleticism that you know guys like Sears and Finks was able to show us? Can't wait to see it. It's going to be a lot of fun. Yeah. Well, Daryl, that was a good time wrapping this up, talking spring ball. For Daryl Rodeau, this is Gary Pasquitz. You're listening to the We Are SE Podcast.